0: Welcome to South London Hardcore. Welcome back to South London Hardcore. <laughs> I'm Joe McEnroy. I've been off with uh, DeCurvain's tennis Cinematous. That's fixed now. This is Steve Walsh.
1: Don't call it a comeback, because we never really went away. I Probably think... the first call Jade quote on the show. It won't uh, be the last. It won't be the last.
0: Didn't we once say, "Mom said knock you out?
1: We must have done. It's from the same song as well.
0: Milky Cereal. <laughs> it's, it's a different song altogether.
1: I haven't had washerwoman's fun. Game
0: was fun. He had a cortisone injection at St Thomas's Hospital, and it was successful. Were we successful? Yes.
1: <laughs> I think it's worth uh, for people out there that haven't had your condition reiterating how bad it was, because I think it's quite mm. easy for people to sort of go. You've got bad fun. So why does that mean you can't? And they don't understand, like, I was obviously talking to you while you were suffering from it, and you were telling me these awful stories about, (laughs) you you weren't sleeping properly, um, you know, you couldn't help properly with Xavier. So it's like, you know, it's really impacting on your life. You know, in a much yeah. bigger way than not doing a podcast, let's be fair. Yeah,
0: but, and you can't, when you can't use, when your phone is constantly popping out the socket, that's the thing. And isn't making it? so much That's an element scream. of tendonitis
1: that I know. I assumed, yeah. when I hear tendonitis. Well, it's I think, isn't it? But But also, even with that, because of the similarity to the sound of tender, I imagine, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You sort of go, oh, it feels a bit tender. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's a bit soft. But then, that's me, not. Tenosinabitis,
0: true.
1: <laughs> <Locked laughs> but that's not the situation, is it? It's not just like, like it's a bit painful if I do things. It's, uh, complete completely Yeah, I had my in... ha-
0: my thumb strapped to my hand basically. Yeah. I was like, there was one, well, more than one time, I was holding Xavier, it would pop out and would be like, ah, somebody take her off, ah, you know what I mean? Like, having to. And you don't just, need your <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we've been away for a month or so, longer, I think. And we're back with uh, an episode that's been a long time coming as well, Steve. Campbellwell. 37 years, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's fitting that it comes all's well. Can't yeah. Beautiful. Tagline. So, Steve, before we get going, though, we'll do some shout-outs, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick shout-out to my friend Sam, who bought some poetry books from Amazon using the link on com. So we get a little bit of money there. Uh, and I think it, a good time to reiterate... Oh wait, a second, too. I think a good time to reiterate
1: the... Uh, existence of the Amazon banner On the South London Hardcore page Because there are people that I know That listen to the show And they've been talking to me recently About buying things on Amazon And I've been saying So when you use the South London Hardcore And like, no And I have to explain to them the mechanism So we'll go through it one more time yeah. On the South London Hardcore page There's an Amazon banner You click on that Takes you to Amazon The prices are the same Functionality is the same Everything's the same for you as a customer What changes Is when you buy anything off Amazon They lose out the tune of 5% for most items 10% on MP3s gets kicked back to us funds a show helps us pay for hosting fees yeah fares coffees you know the essentials that's Snickers you just had Steve you know it's all coming out of the petty cash (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah no it's a really good thing that helps us as a show to function Cost 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 you nothing and also gives you that warm glow in your heart that you're doing over a tax evader and helping the arts.
0: The arts. And scene. Uh, speaking of the arts, Owen Pomery redrawn our logo for us, oh. which you'll see on Um Brilliant. Yeah. Um, We're big fans of Owen Pomery, aren't we? Huge fans. Yeah. Also fans TV of Tim Bird, <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> if you pick up uh, the Brixton Bugle, you can read it online, can't you? Yep. Did yep. Uh, a strip about Foxton's in Brixton and sort of... Semi-inspired by some of the stuff that you know we were saying. I think based entirely on yeah, what on, Bridget said on uh, our episode Yeah, recently, so yeah. check out uh, the episode with Bridget Minimore, if you click episode guide and stuff on Southland Hardcore. 74 previous episodes, Steve, people can listen to. If and happened. if we're doing
1: shout-outs, uh, Owen Pomery and Tim Bird both published by Avery Hill Publishing, a South London-based uh, publishing concern that produced some wonderful comics. You get down to the Natural History Museum on... The 26th of August... To celebrate the release of Owen Pomeroy's new book, The Megatherium Club, which is beautiful
0: and hilarious. And uh, there'll be more on that coming up, won't there? In the future loads episodes. More. New South London podcast. This is Deep Play about football. Yeah. Uh, by our friend Robert Vaughan. Uh, Who, in a Joe way, Conley.
1: has been on the show before, but not in a form I mean, that we'd recognise from yeah. the new show.
0: He was on the Dada Jamlet episode, wasn't he, as well? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so. I can't remember what their address is, but this is deep play. Yeah. Look I mean, out. Google that. There's no way that can go wrong. <laughs> Maybe put safe search on. <laughs> uh, can I do some more shout-outs, Steve?
1: Yeah. I'm assuming at some point you want to thank the people at the Southern Hospital that gave you your mobility back in your hands. Well, no? uh, partly, yeah. Because Let's obviously... do a general shout-out to the NHS while it's under attack. And just sort of talk about how, yeah. in a lot of countries, your phone would have gone wrong like that and either stay wrong or you'd be well out of pocket I'll be bankrupt, to right. right. So, right. Um, yeah. yeah, a general shout out to the and a specific thank oh, you to the people be,
0: at... It would have been good at St Thomas's uh, musculoskeletal department. Would have been good that when the lady said she was booking me an appointment, that she would have done it rather than phone about nine days later and go, Oh, do you want to book an appointment? Yes, I want to book an appointment because I can't use my hand. But um, when I was in there It's a tor- Tory jacket Just privatising <laughs> anything. Don't privatise anything Publicise it <laughs> Publicise <laughs> <laughs> When I was in there they, The guy um, oh, I can't remember his name man Mr whatever And like he was the other Definitely side of the his And like the doctors see him to like You know it's like the injection clinic And uh Definitely not go, how did you break your collarbone The guy's about 50 He's a got <laughs> So <laughs> Baby Ryan Climb at the Minute Library. Give them a quick shout out, Steve. Yeah. Heartbeeps in Clapham. Nice. Just been listening to the CD non-stop. Xavier loves it. Brilliant. Uh, shout out to New Dulwich sign signing Paul Vines. Yeah. Yeah. Goal machine. Uh, yeah. Goals for breakfast. Goals for breakfast. Scored on his debut. Uh,
1: but um, Against Dagenham and Redbridge. A club... How many levels higher yeah, than Yeah, a few up. I saw yeah. them
0: play against Dulledge when they were on their way up. Yeah. Passing Dulledge. But, yeah, I played with him a few times when I was a kid. Like I think he played on in the church. He didn't play for a Camboy Evangelical Church, you know, fittingly. And his brother is uh, just signed for Margate. So, uh, kind of a bit of a South London uh, non-league legend, really. Yeah, yeah. Set up uh, our game, Steve, with uh, your old callmate, Francis Dooku. But that's another talk for another episode. <laughs> uh, one last shout-out, yeah, to um, Ronald, uh, security guard at uh, Sainsbury's in the Hill, who... Uh, I was buying some stuff from Sainsbury's the other week, and uh, I, to be fair, I was buying four items, and I put through on the self-service that I would use six of my own bags, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, no. hadn't, I hadn't used any of my own bags.
1: So look, just to get the numbers <laughs> straight in my hand, you'd use zero bags?
0: <laughs> I'd use zero of my own bags. And you thought when you pressed six, it was like a zero with a little tail? Or... I, I thought, you know what, like normally I press nine. I thought this time I thought I'll press six, so I've only got four out of <laughs> it. <laughs> And then, like, oh my! as I'm packing up, right, Ronald comes over and he goes, uh, you pressed that you had six of your own bags. So I was like, uh, what? <laughs> but I took my earphones. I was like, what? He's like, you pressed it. I was like, no, I've got none of my own bags. <laughs> and he goes, like, uh, you pressed your... He showed me the receipt. I was like, oh, yeah, it must have been a mistake. I was like, do you want me you to didn't, You didn't sort of show him the bag and you go, it's my thumb. I don't know I did at that point, um, I don't know. But I, I go... Uh, do you want me to go to the customer service and like get them to take the points? I was like, no, just uh, in future. So that's three pence, Ronald. <laughs> like, if you're listening, three <laughs> pence you're giving me grief for. Now I'm going to zero bags. <laughs> every time I've. I've got one bag and one bag. But Lakeisha's auntie, she gets Krispy Kremes and puts it through as the 14p jam donut. Unbelievable. And as I've said in the yes, show you before, you just throw man, people under the bus. No, my sister Anna, she gets a steak. Don't name people. she puts it through as potatoes. Don't say that. But he's giving me grief.
1: I do remember when you proposed the show, and your your main thing was uh, we can take <laughs> revenge on the, these people that won't let us uh, use self service tools
0: to our own benefit. Something and that, was a, big, that was a big that was that was a big thing for me in terms it was of the a pitch. deal breaker. Wasn't it? <laughs> so it's dot com on Twitter it's at SLHC. We're also on Instagram now. Uh, at SLHC, so follow us on there see pictures of the latest one was a picture of a wall. What in a wall! Though. It was pretty special, wasn't it? The way it kind of curved upwards. It's so a Camberwell, Steve. There's a pub on Cold Arbor Lane opened mm, less than a year ago called the Sun of Camberwell Sun with a U. And it used to be the Sun Doves, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it was something bef- it's been there for like 100 years or something, isn't it? Yeah, uh, there's nothing yeah. before But the name, The Son of Camberwell, occurred to me much like we have been doing the podcast for a year. And I thought maybe Sons of Campbell would have been a great name. Because, you know, you were born and raised in Campbell. I was. Like, my parents were born and raised in Campbell, And I spent, you know, a lot of time there as a kid, went to church in Campbell and stuff. And uh, I think we both feel we're Sons of Campbell.
1: Absolutely. You're more of a son of Woolworth, which is something we'll be addressing in uh, a future show. But, yeah, there is... And I, it's like, We're very we can, much
0: going back to your roots. No,
1: absolutely, it? yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, more later in the episode. But, for me, Woolworth and Camberwell, more than possibly the other places that border Camberwell, I always feel there's a real link. Because, I think, you travel through it on the bus. So
0: yeah, it's, sort of it's the same High Street, isn't it?
1: Yeah, essentially. like the, the the transition from Camberwell Road into Woolworth Road... You know, it takes, it's a smooth one. It is, but uh, you, you have to be um, someone who's lived there for a while to appreciate that, that sort of like transition between the two roads. Isn't it? Cause it, there's nothing really to indicate. There's nothing obvious to sort of indicate the change, I don't think.
0: No, it's worth noting now, I think, as well, that Camberwell is now. Campbell Green and the kind of surrounding area, you know, people have Camberwell in their address. Um, in the past. It would. It included. Warr was part of Campbell. Yeah. You know, Dulwich, Nunhead, Peckham. You know, all the way to Sydenham. My dad said. So Campbell was the borough essentially, wasn't it? Yeah. A lot of what is now sub and like you know, once upon a time, Southwark was just basically borough, hence the name. You know, and there's a bit of a switcheroo gone on in what was it the early sixties, Steve?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. The boroughs have been adjusted so many times. But I think the sixties was the big one where. It's given us what we recognize as today's
0: but when we talk about Campbell, we're essentially talking about what is an SE5 now isn't it
1: yeah it's um, and it, it's an interesting thing I mean particularly for me having grown up and lived there just thinking of the green and just this area that spreads across and then I say almost imperceptibly turns into Kennington at one end yeah, turns yeah. into Wharf turns into Peckham, turns into Brixton turns into uh, Hernhill. But it is, there's this odd
0: sort of blurring, isn't there? There's nothing... Mm. It always, yeah, everywhere I've ever sort of been in Campbell, or, you know, has had a place of significance always seems to be on the edge of Campbell. Yeah,
1: very much. Yeah, like where I lived, uh, to sort of jump slightly ahead uh, of where we are, St. Giles Road in Camberwell. I lived on, to do it in chronological order? born in Kings College Hospital, moved to the people of the estate behind Campbell Green, um, when I was very young. That's where my earliest memory's from.
0: The one where you, that looked out onto Campbell Green?
1: Yeah, the one that looks out over the park. Yeah. Um yeah, my oh, earliest memory such a,
0: such a loose term for that, I'm sure we'll come across <laughs> <I>, it. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're things like that. I've got so much affection for it because uh yeah, you know, the first swing I went on, the first climbing frame I went on was in that park. And the first time that my earliest memory is seeing snow when I was three years old, and that was on that Peabody estate. Um and uh this sort of brings home the reality situation. It's just like resting so beautifully on the bins. <laughs> this is the image I have, it's yeah, so yeah. strong. But the um, majority of the time living in Campbell lived on St Giles Road, which is, um, you know, very close to Peckham. And as you say, yeah. it is, it's one of those things where Campbell for me, always brings home the idea that, with London in general, and South London in particular, it's a network of villages, And you do you can really see, with the green and the sort of spread across from that central point. You can, you can feel the idea of the village of Camberwell. You've got the green, you've got the parish church a little further down, you've got a couple of schools dotted around. It's not too hard to sort mm. of take away the modern facade and imagine it as the place where the Camberwell Fair would have taken place, to imagine, um, you know, carts and ploughs sort of moving through this place. We get the name Camberwell from... A number of potential sources. It's an interesting yeah. one, isn't it? There's a few, some that seem more plausible than others, but some really interesting ones. Some really sort of odd, different things, isn't there? Did you have a particular favourite in the very? Uh, <laughs> um, because I, I think apart, well. Apart from the Elephant and Castle, there's no other really contentious ones. Not that we've there, come no, so no, that we, we see. They're all pretty straightforward. You can sort of understand yeah. the new cross was the name of a tavern. That's where the name yeah, came yeah. from. Woolworth,
0: Wal- um, Welsh farm.
1: Yeah. Um. But with Camberwell, and it, there's, there's some that are, have elements of the same, but some that are so distinctly different. I mean, the one that you've referenced there, the cripple well. The idea of uh, this being a place of exile away from the city and even away from the borough as well, isn't it? It's sort of beyond the place that's beyond the place. You know, you have the city at the centre of London and we've talked about the borough being a place of exile from the city and it's almost like this idea of the rural parts outside the borough as being a place of exile from the borough. And there's this idea that Camberwell was, for you know, one of a better phrase, a leprechaun is, where you send people that were ill. There were, there were springs and wells that apparently had healing properties, but it was essentially seen as a a place for the infirm and the sick to go, to be treated, or at least to be away from other people. And it's one of those things where you don't want to, you're never quite sure of the timeline, but the parish church of camboy of St. Giles. And St. Giles is the patron saint of the crippled. So... Is it a thing where the place becomes identified with Duke that Rupport. idea?
0: Uh, Steve's saying report, by the way.
1: <laughs> Steve is using the uh, terminology of the Middle Ages when the church was built. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but is the church built because the place is synonymous with that place? Or does the place become synonymous with that idea because the church is built?
0: Mm. Also, well of the Britons is a possibility. Well, that's that.
1: a nice one. I, I like the idea that, you know, we've talked before about issues that a lot of people in South London have with recent waves of immigration. And it's this lovely idea that, and also uh, an idea I never think of when I think of the word Britain, the Britons being the original Britons, which are the Celts. So when you get Anglo-Saxons talking about who should live here and who shouldn't, You don't really get a say in it, uh, (laughs) because if you want to trace it back far enough, you're the newcomers. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I like the idea of Camberwell as being a place for the Celts to hang out, particularly as uh, I grew up there in an Irish family with a lot of Irish friends and family around. So I can imagine and envision and think of Camberwell as a place for the Celts to hang out, as opposed to the Anglo-Saxons that are uh, across the river.
0: Are you thinking of uh, the Silver Buckle?
1: I think you're the Silver Buckle in a big way, yeah, definitely. Well Silver Buckle to Stirling Castle? I mean, these pubs don't exist now because uh, money's coming, so yeah. <laughs> you don't need to uh, have spit and sawdust pubs that uh, you know people can go
0: to and actually afford to buy a pint. Well, they're saying that, right? One of those... I can't remember the name of the pub now, so it's kind of a bit pointless to say, but I was trying to find somewhere to watch a Tottenham game last season. And I ended up at the place. It's uh, it's on Campbell Church Street, anyway, right. On the same side of the road as the swimming baths, right? And like on it, the corner. I can't remember because There's about. Used to be three the home similar, cave, but it's changed. It was yeah. like a kind of kind of hipster type place. Yeah, and were. I went in, and there was like there was leather sofas and a massive screen, and nobody was watching Tottenham. It's amazing. <laughs> That's all I want. Is a pub where there's nobody there, and I bought a sausage roll like really cheap. <laughs> so that's what I'm after And you can so a lot of that in Campbell Yeah I suppose is, it's everywhere now It's it? the upside of gentrification It is the upside,
1: yeah <laughs> There's one upside And that is increased sausage roll access <laughs> And
0: uh, greater capacity to watch first games You joke, Steve <laughs> So that original well, Steve Was uh, recently unearthed. yeah? Yeah, I mean
1: It's one of those things where There's contention there really shouldn't be You know, people sort of arguing about Whether it is well or not if you find a well, yeah, call it. Go thing, for yeah. that, and let's have let's have the Campbell Well. Let's have that as a thing.
0: That's on uh, Thirteen Grove Park in the People's Garden, basically. So if you go and knock on their door, I'm sure they'll let you in. Let you have a look at their uh, at the Campbell Well. You not interested in doing that, no, Steve? <laughs> I'm interested in uh, seeing the Campbell. I don't
1: know about how they're going to feel about. Don't not tell them Southland Harkers. I'm
0: Steve from Southland Hardcore. Yes. Also gosh comics and (laughs) process. We've heard about you. We've called the police.
1: (laughs) My favourite theory um, about where the name Canberra came from, and uh, Jack will be very familiar with this, knowing my personality type, and listeners will know this from a few episodes previously, I want the least likely one. I want the most tenuous one. I want the one that's the oddest, and definitely not true. So I'm going to go for Camberville, the home of Camber. The son of Brutus. Brutus, the exiled Trojan leader who travelled across Europe, discovered Britain, founded the country and his son Camber moved down to a little village south of the river and set up home right. in a place... Can I just
0: make a point here Steve? Make a few points. We went to um, a talk at the beautiful Carnegie Library Gorgeous. Uh James Hartfield is that his name? Talking yes. about uh, London nostalgia, about yeah. uh, sort of increasing nostalgic writing about London, and it wasn't great, right? He's, it wasn't about no that offense either. to the guy, right? But his didn't, he, his point didn't really hold up, and it wasn't held together at all. It's just like a strung together series of thoughts that just didn't hold together. One thing that you pulled him up on, Steve, he's he was saying that Brutus didn't uh, found London, and like uh, you know, where am I going with this point? <laughs> I think you, what, what,
1: what you're saying he was is trying that to dis- he, he's saying that Brutus didn't found London. Yeah, he was trying to dispel the myth. But, yeah. And you were like, uh, yeah, no one's saying, no saying that Brutus found in London. And now I'm saying that Brutus found yeah. London. Yeah. I'm going to go back <laughs> to my original point uh, when I started here. I said, I want the least likely yeah. that's definitely not true. Which is this one. I know that Brutus didn't found Britain. That's not where the name comes from. I know his son, Camber, who didn't exist. Uh, didn't travel across the river to found so a but village. He
0: didn't exist. What about the Brutus exist? There, there's no uh,
1: firm historical for it. There's no sort know. of they're, they're they're semi. The, the idea of um, the Trojans coming to England. It's very it's similar to the the idea of Joseph of Arimathia. You know, coming bringing the Grail to. Glastonbury. These are all. Rom- Do you know what I mean, they're romantic ideas claim, that it? you know are, are, are about people who were written about. in I ancient didn't know times. About that. Joseph Fear is that the guy who held the cross When who, Jesus was. Uh, no, he he falling. caught the blood of Jesus in the ground from the cross. I don't remember that bit. Well, not Isn't he the one who helped Jesus well, hold the because cross? Because you're thinking of the Bible. <laughs> that's that's your, where I get all my Jesus information, <laughs> and that's that's your mistake. In the same way as students of British history. Uh, won't know about Brutus because they're not reading the right books. <laughs> they're reading the books that reference and look for evidence. What are you, whereas... what are you
0: referring to? Holy Blood, Holy Grail or yeah, something? Yeah, books like that. Just the, the New best Jay-Z ones. album. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, shout out to South London as well in the New Jay-Z album. Yeah, I'm at the table. Thanks, Jigger. These are all um, lovely ideas. And, you know, out of that... Um, and this, this is what I like about it. I think of these uh, ideas in the nicest possible way as cultural manure. You have the myth of Joseph of coming to England. There's various contentions that he literally brought Jesus to Britain, that he brought Jesus' blood to Britain, that he brought Jesus' children to Britain. None of which are true. There's no evidence for any of that. But you get Jerusalem by William Blake out of it. So that's definitely a good deal, oh, isn't it? right,
0: dear, yeah. Yeah,
1: you, because the, the whole basis of that song is the contention that Jesus uh, visited Britain. So if we can get something out of it, let's embrace it. And out of this... Uh, on the surface, very silly idea about uh, Brutus coming and bringing his son with him and his son. I'm just going to pop over here and set up a little spot for himself. You get a possible name of Campbell, A very unlikely name of Camberwell. Let's have it as well. Let's have it in the mix. It's all good. Yeah. What do we lose by uh, disproving it? Everything. Dignity, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, just dignity and uh, logic. Integrity. <laughs> every... I mean, you know, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. The Well was a well. That had bent branches placed over it, and it didn't
0: have healing powers. Obviously, no, it didn't have
1: brilliant. healing powers, but it was clean water, so they would put cambered bent branches over it to shield it from getting dirt and muck inside. Perfect. That's that's you know that makes logical sense. Boring,
0: <laughs>
1: as opposed to Stockwell, where they put straight branches over the well to stop dirt getting in. Terrible ideas for names of places. Can we get some semi-mythological characters in here, please? So you know, the the ill. The fictitious or the boring logical; these are your options. On the show every week. I guess.
0: <laughs> are you familiar with Blanche, Steve? From the Golden Girls. <laughs> that was why <what> I said <laughs> my dad said it. I said Devereux. <laughs> um, are you familiar with Blanche? Eh? I don't know. What the no, because so that's the mentions my dad today. I like, oh, what you're recording? And I said Campbell, and he's like, "Oh yes, yeah. so you would have read Br- uh, Blanche's uh, William Blanche, I think." his books on how was out. Like, well, obviously, I haven't ever. He's <laughs> that of Steve would have? But, yeah, he said... they they mi- said,
1: uh, we both went for a Golden Girls joke. This is nice, <laughs> isn't it? This is why we do the show. If everyone ever wonders, because we're the two guys, in, the only two guys in South London, that if they say Blanche, were going to come back you with the Golden Girls. Yeah.
0: Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> yeah, if you go to the Minute Library, said, so to the Lamp of Archives specifically, and say, can I see uh, the Blanche books? Like, they get out these, like, this guy made... Like, sort of scrapbooks essentially. And, you know, they're like, my dad reckons the basis for Campbell history right. comes from this guy's books. So maybe go down the middle the library, switch this off. <laughs> go down the middle the library.
1: Yeah, I mean, my um, research is mostly my reminiscences of uh, growing up in Campbell, which are very rich. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, some, some, some stories. Yeah, you've already heard about Snow on Bins. I mean, you know. Get ready for more of those. Shut yourself in, guys. For a large part of its history, uh, Camberwell, due to its geographical location, was farmland. You had the river where goods would be transported up and down. Um, Later on, again, factories and lumber and whatnot would travel through there. But this far south, and before you get to the hills, you've still got the flat ground before you get to the hills that we've talked about in previous shows that would prove unsuitable for farming. Um, and again, it's you know, the Valley of London. So you've got these hills around it that would force the water down through, causing there to be quite fertile ground. You're far enough away from the river, it's not going to be marshy. You're far enough inland from the hills for it not to be difficult to maintain. So it's perfect um, farmland. Obviously, farming goes into decline. Canberra is well positioned then for the railways to come in. And we get Music Hall in a big way. Mm. You know, for such a, a small area you know to have
0: three or four um you know pretty prominent venues virtually yeah. on top of each other in um julian temple's brilliant london the modern babylon documentary when they get to the musical bit they go straight to the cambo palace they? yeah and uh it was you know one of the key areas in its development wasn't it? yeah no absolutely um, it, uh, Dan Leno, was it, opening the uh, Oriental Palace of Varieties? Yeah, yeah. Where else was that?
1: That was where uh, Camberwell Palace uh, later developed. Um, it's the post office now. So as you go from right. Camberwell Green up towards Denmark Hill... Oh, so it's obviously ...on the left-hand side. Left. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: All, all of the... As far as I can work out, the only structure which is still there... And interesting enough, still being used as a night spot, still an entertainment spot. Because you can make an argument for Nando's, uh, which was the site of the Canberra Metropole. Yeah. Uh, still being a place Not the same go building social in it, to be clear. No, it's like a gazebo, uh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, they've gone through transitions. Uh, the Canberra Palace, um, yeah, is a post office now. The Metropole um, became a cinema, but... From my childhood, I remember it being Dicky Dirts, which was like a large industrial uh, laundress. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and they would just do, like, as I say, industrial levels of just shirt and trouser uh, cleaning. Um, and then, obviously, it's still partly something to with King's. There's like a, a sort of outreach centre along the side, isn't there? A sort of... What, door
0: to Nando's? Yeah. Sexual health clinic. That's it, yeah. That's it. Making I, I don't know.
1: Well, <laughs> See, what is that building that now? Uh, it, was, it was a hostel before or something to do Oh, was it? Uh, some it's sort it's, of recovery it's, then it's not just sexual
0: health, there's probably something next door. Who as built well?
1: a restaurant next to a sexual health clinic? Nando's. Anyone. Yeah, I okay. guess. Yeah. It's just, you know, maybe I watch too much Mad Men, isn't yeah. The Association. Breast piece. <laughs> <laughs> but the fascinating one for me is the case of the Father Redcap, which was a musical hall called The Father Cap. And. Again, within my lifetime. I don't know if you remember it being the Father Red Cap. I do.
0: But yeah. Was
1: it was it a gay bar? It was, yeah. yeah. And it's this interesting thing where, as I say, still a night spot now, but it's almost still like... Still
0: called the Father Red Cap then, wasn't it? When it was a gay bar. Yeah,
1: yeah. But that, And that was nice. You know, it was uh, a general tavern called the Father Red Cap. There becomes a musical called the Father Red Cap. And then, and as I say, you can almost see... Uh, the sort of
0: evolution, the, of the history area. of Cambro in that one building,
1: but 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 also human civilization. You know, we get to a point where uh, you know gay people are closeted and hidden. They they have places to go, and now recognizing uh, the transition that Cambro has gone through, we've got Planet Nollywood mm. the you know Nigerian, uh, I'd imagine, owned.
0: Uh, pub or in yeah. a club more than anything it looks like doesn't it it looks like I've, know, I've only been in there once when it was i think it was called the red star briefly yeah yeah which and i think it was owned by the
1: same people as the dog star in brixton oh right i, right. I think so it's some yeah the same sort of management company
0: my friend phil who um i made a i've mentioned before the made a music video for him his band was called pyramid pyramid um and you know made the music video of him cycling
1: yeah great the one with the tracking shot achieved by Glen cycling and towing you... In a wheelchair. Well, not, in a wheelchair that you found...
0: Uh, I found a wheelchair. <laughs> when you
1: yeah. needed one. Oh, yeah. You know, the, this is the thing. The, you yeah. know, the universe provides. It does. It's a remarkable video. I think we put it on before because... We it have, yeah. We'll put it Park. up again, Steve. <laughs> no, uh, no, Never stop posting more videos. It's not
0: really... Ca- no, it's Burgess yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So right. it's legit. Yeah. But he played um, at, like, some kind of festival. Well, I imagine we'll come to the Camborg Fair soon enough. But that was... He played in, like in in uh the Red star, and I went to see him there, and there were some other kind of weird bands, but when I was at school <laughs> I wasn't there I'd like i didn't I got off the bus earlier than this, but um my friend Tim Whittton he was like walking past like he lived kind of around that way, didn't know he'd gone quite that far and uh this other kid because it was a gay bar and obviously that's hilarious when you're twelve, and the other kid threw his asthma pump inside. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he just left
0: it <laughs> I'm not going in a gay bar because, because I when you're
1: 12 at that time uh, you know you can't go in a gay ass because then you're gay <laughs> yeah. that's how it works yeah. a little later but you get similarly in Campbell's and then same as well, you get the ABC cinema um, which later becomes a bingo hall and is of course now
0: yeah, international House House of House of yeah. yeah. Which, I don't think we need to go over we've no, talked we've, about the fact that it's not a cinema Uh, You know, it's a shame that it didn't really become a community centre. But, But in their defence, we were quite damning
1: on the Power Churches episode about... Yeah, episode 12 or 13, we talked
0: extensively about Power Churches on Campbell New Road.
1: But that particular church has opened up a food bank, which... It's horrible that these things are necessary, and it's not the job of churches. It's dangerous for uh, institutions with their own philosophy and agenda to be providing these services, but... I'd rather people were getting fed. You know, it's an abomination in the 21st century we're talking about this. Mm. But we are. Mm. So, uh, fair play to him for same time, of, As opposed to the shower at the other end of the wharf roads who are trying to heal uh, cancer if you give them the right amount of money. So, you know. Yes. It's good and bad in Sky all the things. £20. Pounds,
0: so yeah. yeah. Bargain. This is unrelated really, Steve, but there is only one theatre left in hand, well, I believe. Yes, the Blue Elephant Theatre. Mm. Yeah. Saw Harry Hill there once. Right, tremendous. We couldn't get, like, we couldn't get over the fact that like, Harry was playing the Blue Elephant. The Blue Elephant was like a bit of a joke. Like, I went to church on Campbell uh, on Bethlehem Road at Campbell Evangelical Church, and like, sort of from birth to the age of twenty, like, sort of four days a week. And my nan lived sort of in between there and the Blue Elephant Theatre. That's where my dad grew up. My other nan lived like the other side uh, in the bungalows, and like, the Blue Elephant Theatre was like. We never really knew what it was. It wasn't like putting plays on, yeah, I yeah, don't think. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, Harry Hill's playing there. And it was like, I genuinely, if I had to list like the greatest nights of my life, like, that would be <laughs> up there in like, the top yeah, three, yeah. man. Like, we were just, we were in pain afterwards. Like, like you know, he's, he's an incredible stand up comedian. I think probably some people don't realise because he's just on television, like, chips, you know, like <laughs> on ITV on a Saturday <laughs> night. But he's like, an incredible stand up comedian. And like he ended the show, but like he was doing this kind of dance. Like he's got, he had like the caterers. Yeah, yeah, the trumper and the uh, keyboards. And like he's like getting, he's interacting with this guy in the front row earlier. Yeah, called Mike. Yeah, who lives opposite my nan and always (laughs) lived there. It's like, what is Mike for? What's this guy doing? I never knew his name before (laughs) that. and like so he gets him up on stage to dance and he gets a load of people up to stage on, uh, on stage to dance and it's not like a typical stand up crowd yeah, yeah. it's like literally Mike and his wife who live <laughs> like in like Boundary House which is know? lovely for you because it is just faces yeah, you like, see all the time is, yeah so he gets all these people on stage yeah, you know, like, and then he's like dancing with them and then he goes and sits in the crowd like, sits like a row in front of us and goes in what way is this entertainment <laughs> <laughs> I was it was out, it was tremendous, Steve. It was really was such a great nightmare. Harry Hill uh
1: is still up there in my list of uh, Yeah, he's he's one is... yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yeah.
0: But the Blue the Fair it does seem now they do put stuff on that's worth watching.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really good programme. As you mentioned, uh the Campbell Fair as well. Uh famous and eventually infamous in Camberwell. It's closed down, uh eventually, isn't it? Because of uh the rowdiness. All these things, you know, all these fairs eventually get closed down because it just turns into uh, you know, people getting their collarbone broken in fights. <laughs> and I'd imagine uh, peddling of various uh, illegal bits and bobs.
0: Yeah, um, you reckon? Yeah, I'd say so.
1: Women, particularly. Oh, ladies, imagine. I don't yeah. know. Ladies of the afternoon, that's, that's the issue, isn't it? Too early for that sort of thing. There's there's possibly two iconic images associated with Camberwell that probably couldn't be any further apart if you tried. If you try to pick two (laughs) single images to dictate what an area is going to be remembered for, if someone said you're going to go for a butterfly on one hand and a joint on the other, they're the two things. You say Camberwell to people, and the great thing is, the joint's much more famous than that. Yeah. The Campbell Beauty was discovered in Cold Harbour Lane. Uh, it's no longer seen in the UK. Still turns up in the Mediterranean from time to time. Oh, really? It was first spotted um, on Cold Harbour Lane. But has been really embraced uh, by the community. You've got Butterfly Walk yeah. on
0: Campbell Green with a mosaic. mosaic yeah. Yeah. And the other one is on the old... Um... Limbox Club. more Edwards Library, yeah, yeah. limb Limboxing Club, yeah.
1: Was originally on a factory on Southampton Way, but when that was demolished, it was moved onto the building uh,
0: on Wells Way. Wells Way, yeah. And the Campbell Carrot, Steve. The Campbell Carrot uh, first appearance. Yeah. Oh, I rented in... it in and it <laughs> Looks like a carrot. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? It's, it's
1: nice, very good. Um, with Now and I, which is a tremendous film. Uh, yeah, just
0: it's top top five British films of all time. Well, it's just 10,
1: one of those films where there's a lot of famous scenes and lines, mm. and you sort of the first time you watch it, you think, "Am I going to get a lot out of this?" Because it's so yeah, it's just people quoting it to yeah, each other. You know it. It... And then you watch it and go, "Oh right, it's all made of good stuff." Yeah, there's no you sort of like it's like seeing a trailer. And you're worried that the bits that people talk mm. about are the good bits, and then you go, "It's remarkable." Yeah, it's the really final awesome. scene. Uh, yeah. It's just—it's uh, got no right to be that good as mm-hmm. a film, you know. In terms of just consistently, I mean, the cast is tremendous. It's so well written, um, mm. but again, visually, there's so many striking scenes that don't have to. You know, you, you know, a, a lesser uh, film could have coasted on, you know, a few key scenes and a couple of standout performances. But no, it's a, a tremendous film. Huge fan of it. Mm, me too. Yeah, Danny is the uh, character who in Cambwell at one point created a joint made of 12 12 papers papers, and pure weed. That's uh, (laughs) a key element as well. Don't dilute the weed if you're going to make a Cambwell carrot. Kids, don't make a Cambwell carrot. Stay Hmm. in school.
0: Talking of which, Cambwell today. I think Campbell, were, like, I think like you were saying, Steve, earlier about it being the place beyond the place. Mm. It's still, I think, it's, it's the first place that doesn't have the tube. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is significant, I think. Absolutely. Because it doesn't, it's not, I mean, obviously Denmark Hill is a train station, but it's right up the hill. Like, yeah. It's not, you know, it does feel disconnected. I mean, as you know, and uh, people who know
1: me will be aware, and even people who listen to the show will, will know it's been quoted on me. It's like, I love a bus. And a huge part of that is the fact that I grew up in a family without a car. And we didn't have a tube station. And Mm. the train station... And also, Campbell is similar to the Elephant Castle. It's one of these great sort of nexus points where it it leads off into five different places. So when I was growing up, um, I never felt I was missing out on not having Mm. a tube. You know, if I were to get into the centre of uh, London... I get on the number twelve. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's the best. It's well, yeah. You know, it's what I'm constantly telling uh, people who come to London to visit. Don't do not pay twenty five pounds for a sightseeing bus. Get on the twelve because mm. it's going to cross the bridge, and you're going to see Parliament, Millennium Wheel, turn round, County Hall, go through Parliament Square, down Whitehall, on your left. Uh, this zap, is all down on the wrong side of the river,
0: State. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: but where does it start?
0: Yeah. Dullish plan.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, I just just grew up getting buses everywhere. But yeah, the tube thing. I mean, the, um, again, one of the the theories that people have is, and what I was told as a kid was, the Cambro was called well because there were loads of wells under the ground. Right. Yeah. And it was impossible yeah, to that's tunnel why I've heard through. The same thing yeah, is. I'm not but, accurate. Well, how many wells could you possibly have? Yeah, and it's not like You're drawing on the same sort source of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> points of catching, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh you're drawing on the same uh, source of water I mean you know yeah. at some point you're drinking somebody's milkshake isn't you you know this is <laughs> Daniel Day Drink Lewis job. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis South London it's legitimate <laughs> I'm allowed to mention there will be blood yeah they could do it if they
0: wanted couldn't they have you ever seen the uh, TFL 2025 20, or whatever it's called no you told me about it and it sounds uh, yeah it's like remarkable. kind of TFL yeah, commissioned fantasy Tube map sort of thing, <laughs> and like the tube comes out. The when they talk, that the Bakerloo line has now been confirmed to go yeah, south. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's not so much. I mean, I for still won't people... get it. Yeah, but it's exactly. <laughs> It's not so much for the people who live there. Well, it is because obviously it would be very useful. But what I mean is, like, it just makes it sound further away to people. Like people yeah. are like, oh, i won't go to Campbell. Obviously, yeah.
1: yeah. How how will I home There's loads of ways. But I was thinking about what Campbell would say. What you know is the overarching thing that you would think about in terms of the area.
0: And I think al- there is... Alcoholism al- and mental illness. Well,
1: this is the thing. I think there is a there's an idea that people have about Camberwell. That's the idea I have. <laughs> but I think if you look at what's dotted around the place in the same way that once it was farms, once it was Wells, once it was musicals, now, and it's a thing that no one would ever immediately associate with Camberwell... But it's educational institutions. It's all places that people go to learn. It's a a place devoted to training and education. Example, Steve? Lyndhurst Primary School. (laughs) Scott (laughs) Parker went there. Got a a Wikipedia (laughs) list of uh, schools in Camberwell. (laughs) No, it's the, the iconic buildings as well. You know, probably the most striking building in Camberwell. Is the William Booth Memorial College the yeah. Salvation Army Training Centre that's opposite Denmark Hill Station? Yeah, and um, that is tremendous. Man. It is remarkable. I'm a
0: bit, I'm a sucker for a huge cross.
1: Designed by Giles Gilbert Scott, who also gave us the two other iconic South London buildings in the Bankside Power Station, now Tate Modern, and Battersea Power Station. And it's interesting looking at the design of, oh, yeah. Uh, the William Booth Memorial College because it's got that central uh, mm. building that's almost like a giant chimney yeah. and it's almost like he's gone so this is where we'll vent out the, <laughs> and they're like no it's alright it's a Salvation yeah. Army training college he's yeah. like, put a, cross on it. <laughs> we'll put a cross on it but I'm definitely keeping a massive chimney hmm. just in case you, you don't need a generator we'll, we'll have a little one just in case but we're not going to be needing a turbine hall thank you very
0: much there's a museum in there now is that a recent thing? I didn't realise that was... Yeah, you can go, it's free, and you go there like, it's open like two or three days a week, man, oh, you should okay. go along. Definitely do right, I'm yeah. really curious to go inside, man. It's yeah,
1: I mean, it's a tremendous facade, isn't it? It's a tremendous building from outside. Turns up in... Um, Trickle Junior, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that wonderful scene where he just stands there at night and just looks yeah, up. Yeah, he just looks it up is, I mean, And it's a building that was designed to be put on film, isn't it? It mm. just is spectacular. Um, yeah, it doesn't really show up anywhere, does it? You don't know, I mean, like,
0: you go past it and you're like, this is tremendous. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it never, like, do you know what I mean? It don't well, it's, just, it's tucked away, it isn't is it? It is tucked away. Despite the fact that it's on top of a hill, Yeah, it's sort of weirdly tucked away. You can't see it from anywhere, No, can you?
1: no. You can sort of see it coming down when we went to um, uh, the library to see that talk, which was on Herne Hill.
0: Herne Carnegie hill Library,
1: Carnegie yeah. Library, of course, yeah. Um, I walked down to Canberwell from there and uh, was sort of tracking how close I was to Camwell by seeing William Boothmore College get closer and closer and sort of mm-hmm. loom over me sort of uh, uh, oh, did make me feel possibly just because it was mentioned at all but um, sort of from hell with a Hawksmoor church sort of looming <laughs> over <laughs> you um, James Hartford would have been outraged <laughs> you claiming that Hawksmoor <laughs> built no it's Jarz like, I know this I'm just saying it reminded me of that it's a very different thing it's not nostalgia but neither is what you're talking about <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's a bit lost because you've got the railway station, so you've got sort of odd yeah. space in front of it. But yeah, it's, um, and it's a nice sort of surprise almost. The, the bus sort of, which is always going to be a point of reference, sort of turns round to go up into Champion Hill, and all of a sudden you're like, what is this remarkable structure? Mm. here in front of me. But of course, just around the corner from that, another um, major building in Campbell and another educational institution, King's College Hospital, which is of course... The teaching hospital.
0: Yeah, King's College Hospital. They had, it's the 100th anniversary this year. Yeah. And they had their open day, didn't they? I was working. I forgot. Get my, get my note I've in early. I forgot to go, man. Yeah,
1: you, and, and it looked great. You you mentioned it to me and I was like, I'd love to, but I'm working. And I figured, you know, fair enough, Jack's thumb doesn't work. Doesn't stop him going to an open day. No, that'll God, be his, his Swiss
0: cheese brain. Got dragged along to this uh, summer fair in... Paddington.
1: Oh, what side of the river is that? The wrong What side. are you
0: playing at? Yeah.
1: yeah, King's College, obviously, where I was born, and have uh, had to pay a couple of visits since then with various scrapes, but also um, to meet uh, my first niece who was also born in King's College, which was very exciting. I remember. Leaving uh, very well, Arsenal playing in Champions League, and it was a brilliant game. Ended up 4-3, and uh, I was like really engrossed in it. And then um, I got a call from my brother-in-law saying my sister had uh, a niece, like it's sort of leaving the Champions game, No regrets,
0: because obviously, yeah, uh, get to meet your first niece, great, yeah. is Yeah, my daughter was born there last year, Xavier. Um, I mean, you can hear all about that episode 50, so don't want to go over the same ground, Steve, don't no, really. No.
1: But suffice to say, King's College has been important in both our lives.
0: Yeah, yeah. certainly. You know, I'd like to give a belated
1: thank you to the staff at King's College. I was born cold and uh, jaundiced, so thanks to their uh, quick and efficient work, they managed They're to stick me all in incubator. Dead nasty, aren't they? Yeah, probably. And so would I be if it wasn't for. Uh...
0: <laughs> have you ever seen uh, Twenty Four Hours in A and E? I have. Just the ones. And what did you make of it? Uh,
1: I'm not a big fan of that kind of show, but I mm. can see why people are interested. And I felt it was um, a much less uh, scandal-driven and exploitative yeah, show than made, I anticipated.
0: Yeah. I've, I've only ever seen tiny bits of it, but um, Lakeisha's mum watched it, I think Lakeisha watched watch it too, and she was watching an episode that was like a kind of making of, sort of catch-up thing. And they were, they were saying like it was. It's sort of to support the to kind of promote the NHS. All of, yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is as well, they're very sort of delicate with like. Obviously, you have to get people to sign releases. Yeah, it is. yeah. But there's times where they say to people like, like you know, we'll film it, and you don't have to like. Get we get a release to film it, but yeah. a re- another release we won't show it unless you agree to it. Or whatever. Uh, but that that was like that's been a huge hit, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I say it's nice where there are scenes with like. Uh, kids you know was one, one the, the only episode I saw uh, and this kid got hit by a car and his friends are sort of waiting and uh, they they were just so uh, pleasant and nice to uh, sort of talk to and it would have been quite easy just to sort of not show that and just pick I'm mm-hmm. sure they could have found another bunch of kids that were rowdy and horrible and would have played into all the ideas that people have about Camberwell and South London generally but um, no sort of like yeah some kids are just nice and They'll see their mate's all right when he has an accident.
0: It was, uh, yeah. positive stuff.
1: Yeah, plus,
0: plus. Nice, nice. You know, obviously, my mum turned up there. Nine months pregnant. Eight months pregnant, actually. I was four weeks early. And they didn't have any beds, so they sent her to Dalich Hospital. So my memories of King's College are not as positive. <laughs> and, uh, the, vague, as well. And quite I, vague l- vague Lakeisha's labour was just... Uh, 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 it's such an unpleasant experience. Like, yeah, really. Hard, I, I'd, I would... I w- I'd go so far as to call it the worst day of my life when Xavier was born. Up until? Yeah, I mean, once you <laughs> got the baby, that's great. But it was yeah, just yeah. so unpleasant, like, yeah. going through labour. I did not enjoy it at all. Not looking forward to doing that again. And, like, people people laugh as if, I oh, oh yeah, but you didn't have to push a baby out of your vagina or whatever, you know what I mean? But but you're watching fine. someone it's, you yeah, love. exactly. It's harrowing. Yeah, You're, exactly. Exactly. It's harrowing. Yeah, you're exactly. watching someone you love. Yeah, you're and there's nothing you so your helpless, There's nothing you can do. But like yeah. I said, episode 50, man, if you want to hear all about that. Um, across the
1: roads, the Institute of Psychiatry, which um, works a lot with Kings in terms of uh, research and training as well. Maudsley is that? T- I don't that think I don't think there's a training element to that, but obviously, again, it's a uh, a well-known uh, name in the area. You sort of grow up knowing that the Maudsley is, there. and as you say, that does. Definitely impacts on the image people have of Campbell yeah. because you do end up with a higher preponderance of people with mental health issues wandering through Campbell Green. Yeah,
0: I, I'm sort of my my opinion of Campbell Green is based on when I was um, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I when I went went to church Campbell Evangelical Church I used to give out leaflets Campbell Green on a Sunday night, um, eight o'clock till nine o'clock, giving out leaflets by Jesus whatever. And um you know, you that's the time Sunday night at eight and nine o'clock you really see people that if someone's not at home at that point, yeah, they're having a drink in the park then. Yeah. Or uh you know, all kind of things used to happen. Sunday you know night, I mean? eight s-
1: or nine, you're at home, you've got some toast and jam and a coffee, and you're watching London's Burning. That's that's <laughs> Sunday night, I know Yeah, and it's like,
0: you know, you really did see the kind of uh the ha- alcoholism like that's a pretty grim park at times. Yeah, you you um, kind you, of the, an issue... you, you have the idea as well of. I, mean, I don't even know how accurate it is now. Thinking now, just now, I'm saying it, but the idea that someone's just wandered out of the Maudsley, like it's probably not even. You no, know yeah, I mean they're yeah, yeah. serving people. Like some people would go there because they've got like epilepsy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or like my friend used to go there because he used to take part in MRI scan like uh, research. Yeah, like it's I say it's, you idea, like, it's an in asylum in terms something. of you know. There's a lot of. Uh, uh, things
1: with motor neuron disease as you say things to do with uh, brain activity Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of crossover there I mean uh, it's a point that never occurred to me until you made it quite recently where I was, I mentioned uh, Campbell Green as a park and you just laughed and you were like a park is it when you've got uh, cars running past you're like three foot away where you're sitting in the park and I was like yeah, I suppose that would impact on you. Yeah, it's just
0: like you're on the side of the ro- of a main road. Yeah, a junction. Yeah, a junction. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it just feels like everybody in there is like it does feel like a high percentage of people in there have substance abuse problems. I don't also, know, I've always found uh, it to be probably the grimmest park around.
1: The table playing tables haven't changed your opinion on that. That's quite a good idea. Nice. Nice.
0: And it's you know I've been in there for a long time. I've had no reason to. No,
1: me neither. But I always think of it very kindly because, as I say, I've got uh, memories as a child where you know I wasn't even noticing a lot of these issues that no. we would have. uh. About a little further down from uh, Campbell Green. You've got the Campbell
0: College of Arts, which previously the uh, School of Arts and Crafts, wasn't it? Yeah. The uh, birthplace,
1: essentially, of the young British artist movement. One of the most important, certainly, you know, the regard it's held in will fluctuate depending on what people think of uh, as art, but, you know, produced in pretty pretty quick succession, the likes of Sarah Lucas, uh, Damien Hirst and Gillian Wherry. you know, among others, Sam Taylor-Wood as well. Well,
0: When's his 80s? Uh, so eight, uh, 80s, 90s yeah because i got a book at the library Steve right um, about Campbell College of uh, Campbell School of Arts and Crafts 1943 to 1960 or something and the guy was saying like this is really important this period like teachers and pupils pupils students like Frank Auerbach was a yeah a teacher there at the time and he's uh He's important, is he, Steve? You'll have to tell me.
1: Absolutely, and uh, Coldstream was teaching there for a long time as well, and between them, they sort of uh, pushed through, I guess, what you would see as a lot of the um, transition works leading into uh, a lot of modern ideas in art as well. When did Desiree go there? (laughs) A slightly important point where, I, I don't know, I guess she would have been...
0: Early eighties, I'd imagine. Just in their age, no? Do you know? I don't know, <laughs> no. but yeah, I suppose. But yeah, there's my sister went there for a uh, couple of years to do illustration. But there has been, there's been some important people from like different areas, different fields of art. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Sid Barrett went there. Yeah. He yeah. Uh, was sort of the frontman really, of Pink Floyd for the yeah. first record. Like he wrote, I think seven of the ten songs and. Uh, Sang most of them as well. And also, it's one of those things where he was such an important... He defined the idea of Pink Floyd. You know, the Pink Floyd you think of in terms of... Well, you know I, I mean, would say that... I think the folky that's the, sort I don't of... That, yeah, but the thing is, I don't think that's... You, would, you don't think of that as Pink Floyd. It's almost like Pink no, Floyd but, is probably... You know, a lot of bands have changed over the years. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's an extreme example, Pink Floyd, of a band that have done oh, such a wide but range of But that first
1: stuff, incarnation of them as the folk...
0: Yeah, like, well, that, is, in, that is, incarnation, that's, that, that is, is Sid Barrett. Barrett yeah, absolutely.
1: It. And it's interesting once he is phased out the transformation into these sort of prog giants. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah,
0: it? yeah. You know, if you... Because they're still good when yeah, they Yeah, I'm still kind of getting to grips with Pink Floyd a bit, but certainly Piper at the Gates of Dawn, I think, is brilliant. That's yeah. the album that he's all over. Yeah, yeah. And I was listening to the madcap Laughs today, yeah. which is uh, his first solo record, which is, yeah, which is... Good on the first listen, that's a you know game. And
1: pictures. it's important as well, listening to things like that, to appreciate the time and the context. You know, there's things yeah. that we accept as standard now, mm. but you know,
0: yeah, very influential.
1: Like yeah, Bowie absolutely. was a
0: huge fan, yeah, and it, uh, the Pink Floyd that Bowie loved is Sid Bar- Yeah. I think even in the in the liner notes to what's the Bowie covers record called Pin Ups? Yeah, and he does a cover what's he do a cover of? Is it See Emily Play? See Emily Play, yeah, and he. He's, right, he's saying about the bands, because it's all covers of British bands from the le- mid to late 60s. And British Invasion bands, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. And he's listing the bands. And I think he refers to Pink Floyd as Sid's Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like almost a different band. Yeah. Malcolm McLaren? Yeah, his, uh, we did, he, of, <laughs> he went everywhere. <laughs> <and> he says. <laughs> Mike Lee? Yeah. You know, film director. One of the best British film directors of the last few decades. Another year, Steve. Really good. Just Not shot in Battersea, outside Batsy Power Station. Oh, right. So, legitimately can mention it. That is great. Another year. Really worth watching. Joe Wright, we made Atonement. Oh, right. Some yeah. other bits and bobs in the foundation year there. Tim Roth. We'll, we'll do a Tim Roth episode yeah. soon, I think. Yeah, yeah. Just to watch Airways Wild Dogs, isn't it? Florence from The Machine. Yeah, Florence Welch. That's pre-Machine, isn't it? Yeah and um, the other name I've got is Humphrey Little Steve I, but I feel like we've mentioned him before jazz legend well and broadcaster yeah sorry. but I think what it'll be remembered for and I think I might have even said this on the show is the trumpet solo one Radiohead, living in a glass yeah, house yeah. she's incredible yeah, and it's yeah. on my, Amnesiac is just one of the best records of all time I think and I, I've got a feeling people will be listening to that a lot longer than they'll be listening to Sorry I Don't Have a Clue or whatever he was on <laughs> I you've been a bit harsh on <laughs> the uh, popular radio panel game there. So originally the school offered classes in uh, like cabinet design, Steve, and embroidery. Wood carving. The crafts. Yeah. Get but Now it's uh, every illustration and fine art and yeah. all the stuff.
1: Well, it's like any sort of institutional. You're sort of defined by your successes and you emphasise those. So, you know.
0: Plus crafts are, uh, you know, they're not as big as they were in the 20s, nah. are they? Nah. The craft era. Is there a craft era? Yeah, there's an arts and crafts. Yeah. Have you Morris ever been the South London Gallery, Steve, next door? Well, not the next door even. It's sort of joint on, isn't it? I've been a few times. Not for
1: about 18 months, two years. Although um, I did do a thing on our pick of the week last week. They were doing a big show all about sound art, which sounded fascinating.
0: Yeah, I went once, and it's a really nice space. Yeah, it's brilliant. I can't remember where it was, though, so that's a bit damning. But <laughs> my dad said he once saw um, a Stuart Sutcliffe exhibition there. Not, right. not the Yorkshire Ripper, the Fifth Beetle. Yeah, yeah. He said it weren't great. <laughs> but the cafe, uh, I think it's called Number 67, is it? Don't know. But the cafe, next, yeah, like yeah, this part next of it, is yeah. really, really nice, man. It's like kind of a fancy cafe, you know, with like <laughs> your... Uh, artisan breads and stuff but like not that expensive really really nice and a beautiful space as well like the ceiling goes up like really high yeah
1: because it's part of the same building isn't it Mm. so yeah 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 i
0: thoroughly recommend that so st giles's church steve has been there in a couple of incarnations in it for yeah uh first millennia yeah hundreds of years centuries
1: 94 and i think rebuilt in the 19th century
0: did you ever? I mean, you are, you. are you family Catholic?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I've never been inside oh, right. St
1: Giles' Church, but I grew up on. Uh, well, yeah, grew up on St Giles' Road.
0: So. You didn't have any call to go into like the community centre. Was there a local no. Catholic church that you went to or anything? Yeah, what?
1: Sacred Heart would have been. All oh, right. Sacred Heart, but then most of the family things would have been uh, the Thomas Moore Church in um, Dulwich, because my nan lived in Dulwich, and oh, right. my parents are. Uh, not really religious, and man was. So,
0: I went there once to St Giles, and uh, it was a friend of mine at the time. His mum died, and like, I used to do some like filmmaking stuff with him. And it was like, like kind of, like, I went to see him. It was almost done, like a sort of apprenticeship type thing with him. As like you know, how's it going? And blah blah blah. I was like, oh yeah, my mum died. Uh, we're going to film the funeral and send like to send it back to Jamaica. Um, like, send the DVD back. So I was like, all oh, right. So I thought like, it at all, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And so like I felt like, that the church was packed, man. There were like an estimated 2,000 people. Like, people standing at the back, the people outside that couldn't get in. Like, the lady, she was just like a kind of local person that was like right. very generous. And like, I think she went, at times she must have come over in like the 50s or whatever. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the 60s, I don't know. But like, where do they live? Um,
1: like, was it on the estate? I don't know. To be honest, I'm trying to think of like the density of people living around you. You could, yeah. Touch but that it many seemed lives.
0: like it was. She came over, and people came over, mm-hmm. and she kind of must have not left necessarily looked after people. No, but no. Do you but know what I mean? It was very was a, much a community thing. It was
1: a big thing where similar thing with the Irish community where you send uh, the oldest brother would go over, and he would send back the money for him to go, over, but also find places for people to live. Yeah, I mean, it was a real. I mean, it was extraordinary. The people there were, and particularly with. Uh, the Irish and West Indian immigrants because, obviously, no blacks, no Irish, no dogs. You know, the places they could live were limited, so you'd have to find a place that was conducive or get Mm. enough of you in a place that you then controlled who could move in. Which I think you would sort of do naturally anyway. Like, you move over, you move near this person that you know. That's how you get Chinatown. That's how you get Little Italy. That's how you get these places, you know. You will naturally, you know, it will be, you know brothers and sisters and cousins will all live near
0: each other just because finding places to live. But, yeah, it was a very odd experience. Like, I was, like, almost moved... To, I never met the woman, but, like, people getting up there and, like, reading, these po- reading like, a poem, a poem about my nan, and I'm, like, ch- like fighting back tears throughout. And, like, his... Uh, my, the guy's brother was, like... On, he came... He was in prison. So he came with two, like... Prison came in, like, with two, like white people by his sides and, like, he was, like, handcuffed to him. Like, that was the kind of extraordinary sight. And then you just see, a lot of people wear sunglasses as well and, like, tears running down people out of yeah, people's yeah. sunglasses where they're just, like, yeah, it really was, it was quite, quite an experience. And, like, you know, it was an open casket, yeah, but I didn't really, couldn't really see in. And, like, so, like, there's people, at the end, I guess people, like, kind of come over to the open casket there's a bit of a kind of, um, scrump, and, like, you know, the guy whose mum was was like, yeah, get in and, like, you know, f- I'm like, I can't film this. Yeah, like, you can't be pushing nah. people out of the way to get a shot. But then we the went to, thing. like, the graveside, which, well, I can't remember that was, somewhere in South London. And, stuff, I mean. and like, um, like, you know, people pouring wine into the grave and stuff, like, or some kind of booze. And, like, I'm just, like, up there, like, getting dirt, all in my shoes, like, you know, yeah, filming, getting right in there. Like, it was really quite something, man. It was quite, yeah, it was mm. like the most, rem- I've never been to another, I've only ever been to a handful of funerals Yeah, and never anything else like that. We went swimming at the swimming baths, Steve, I imagine?
1: Yeah, yeah. swimming baths, uh, used to go there, um, played five-a-sides in the swimming baths a couple of times as well. I played most of my football in Camberwell in Brunswick Park, uh, which was directly opposite the flats I grew up on, uh, Barnwell House on St Giles Road. Number two, if you want to put up a blue plaque. Uh, <laughs> 11, Eleven H, Peabody uh, Estate and <laughs> Green. mum well, still talks about Eleven H. H. And I was like,
0: wow. H block, isn't it? <laughs>
1: so block H. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, mum still talks about Eleven H. And I was like, I don't know, I was three. I don't remember. But um, yeah, uh, we had Brunswick Park opposite. And we had
0: this great sort of massive cage. I don't think you ever played there. My dad used to, like, all, well, all the guys, all the men from church, like, I guess it's up to maybe, they's, every other Saturday morning, like, all the men from church used to go and play there, and, like, people from, a of people from the local area, like, kind of almost ringers. And it was at uh, Brunswick Park until maybe I was about 12. And so when I started playing, it was, we'd moved to Ruskin Park by that point. But yeah, i mean, for... Did Ruskin six, Park have uh, AstroTurf or... Uh, gravel. Yeah, Same it's just, surface. Yeah, yeah. Kitty so litter, yeah, I used just, to, for uh, like six or seven years, I used to go there every Saturday morning and watch my dad and the other people play football, Steve. Just watch them. You were probably wandering through the park, weren't you? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Would have all passed. I often wonder uh, how many times you offered me a leaflet on Sunday night in Campbell, <laughs> and I was just like, uh, get out of my face. <laughs> Kids. Because uh, it would have been an age when... Uh, the difference in age really would have been insurmountable. The idea of... Uh, yeah, they're so us co-podcasting,
0: Steve. <laughs> yeah, Brunswick Park was great, wasn't it? Tennis sports as well. Yeah,
1: brilliant. And lovely uh, layout as well, nice playgrounds. Mm. Yeah, it was um, one of those things where, uh, as I say, people talk about growing up in estate in South London. We had this wonderful back garden, uh, this great sort of space within the estate to sort of play football and cricket on, uh, enough green space to sort of mess about and play tennis on, uh, and cricket, you know, on there as well. And then... Just across a relatively quiet road, it's a pretty straightforward it is, isn't it? in terms yeah. of crossing over with a group of your mates. So your parents have to worry about to go over to a park with swings and slides
0: and it roundabouts. Felt, I mean, I'm sure it's not a full size football pitch, but it felt like it. It was huge. It mm. was huge, particularly when you're a kid. Yeah, I tell you what, right? We played one game there for the church because I used to play for Campbellboy Evangelical Church football team. You know, because I went there. Like it wasn't like, any kind of skill level. There were only eleven <laughs> of us. But we played against an estate once. Like, we normally played against like, East Street Church, a- Amy and Park Baptist Church, you know, Lordship Lane Church. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was um, we played once against this estate and like they were just brutes, man. I don't was know. Because what... Dainsford has I don't had... know man, in my D- Dainsford
1: estate been... had um like a, a pitch I don't know if you saw it had like a pitch, but like a, a cement pitch sort of built into it, very small. Oh right. So it's almost like uh, we played them once uh, just me and some mates and uh, they were ridiculously good and look mm. at it back now you do sort of think it's one of those things where you look at the size of the pitch and it would have been all about close control it would have been mm. like sort of futsal it would have been yeah. just really short short passing because whereas uh, the the Brunswick park and this is not me saying this is why I'm not good at football <laughs> but uh, it was very forgiving to the inaccurate working yeah. pass you could basically just huge goals you, yeah you just lash it to your mate and uh if it was like ten foot off, you are kicking it so high in the air yeah. that you can, could, move they, they it, can move yeah. it to it and you go, That's a great pass. And mm-hmm. it's not, but it's like whereas uh the the little pitch ahead in Bainsford, uh yeah, you couldn't lost it that high so
0: they yeah, they were very Yeah, we got crushed. I don't know if it was them or not, but they the cent, instead of taking centre after we conceded a goal every time like we had to go up in the middle, one of our players and one of their players and then throw the ball up in the air. And <laughs> I just watched the guy have it, you know what I mean? Like it was very much like they would just like they would use an arm or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And looking back, I'm sure it wasn't like fouling really. No. But it was just like it was like playing again, against kids who were two years old, but it's also, and it was much tougher. Uh,
1: where they would play if they're playing on a smaller pitch, there's gonna be more contact. guy, okay, the mm. part of this, you know, what are the odds you know, it you would need twenty two people to properly fill yeah. that pitch. Yeah, Whereas with your mates it's usually like, you know, four or five of you. Mm. So you're just sort of like just blasting the ball ridiculously uh, across you.
0: Yeah, I used to, I learnt to swim in the swimming bars. I had to use the disabled changing room because uh, my mum wouldn't let me go in the men's. Because, you know, Peter like, and then yeah. cockroaches, A eh? Stranger danger. Exactly. But, yeah, then I remember my sister, must have been brother and sister, learning to swim or something. And I'd given up swimming at that point, like, once I could do a length, like, or two lengths, like my mum allowed me to, <laughs> so I hated it so much. Yeah, yeah. I used to just sit in the gallery and watch them. <laughs> oh, like, my mum, I remember mum mom gave me 50p to play Street Fighter. And I just, <laughs> You're like, this is the best time to like, I just, I was just like, oh, why do I do this? i let another kid play it. <laughs> <laughs> you just watched. Yeah, I'll just, just watch you, mate. Have I'll you sit be, in the
1: gallery and watch you. Can play you Super? be Ken, though. <laughs> um, a little further along Canberra Church Street going towards Peckham on the other side of the road uh, there used to be this grotty uh, second hand bookshop. Uh, I think your dad might have uh, mentioned it before uh, just talking to us but that's where my dad bought me my first ever comic. Oh right. Which is a Thor comic that I picked out never having seen a Marvel superhero before knowing what I was looking at just sort of thinking this looks great just this uh, it, w- it would have been uh, I think it was a UK reprint comic, but it was uh, essentially a Kirby Thor in full flight with his uh, hammer whirring and above his head. And you've never looked back. Never looked back. And um, even at that point, I don't know how much it cost, but my dad was outraged at how much he was paying for a magazine for a child. <laughs> and uh, I was like, choose something else. <laughs> and I was like, well, I want this one. And uh, yeah, never looked back. Similarly, uh, uh Library... Uh, further down towards the green When I was a kid Arts and crafts Which is great and lots of happy and mache. But also uh, They'd have uh, In the kids section They had these great sort of uh, You know the, the Sort of bins to go through um, Of Asterix and Tintin Like oh, all wow. of them oh, And mm-hmm. uh, I was amazed at this Like stack of books That I could uh, Work through So yeah a lot of Um Strong formative. I uh, can't remember who was there. The I was uh, going for on the twelve last night with my friend Sarah and pointing out to her the um, news agent where I used to have my weekly order for the Transformers comic. That that I'd get get home and it would have my name written on the corner where the guy had put it aside uh, in a stack for me. Special part. Did she get off the bus? <laughs> I think
0: I'm going to go somewhere I'm else. I'm going to walk in another direction.
1: <laughs> That's the beauty of Campbell. I've got options. <laughs> I found some people born in Camberwell, um, like myself. And it really surprised me that I'd never looked this up before to see who else had been born in Camberwell. A couple I knew, but there were a few uh, remarkable ones for a number of reasons. I'll give you the first name that I came across. um, Just say you respond to it. Jerome Napoleon Bonaparte.
0: That's not... Napoleon isn't No
1: it? it's not Napoleon <laughs>
0: But uh, I was going to Say I don't Remember his Name it is,
1: it is The nephew Of Napoleon Bonaparte uh, Napoleon Bonaparte's Brother Jerome Bonaparte um, <laughs> uh Corsican So uh, Moved To uh, London And uh, Had a son In Camberwell. Wow Yeah It's nice isn't it? So A uh, little connection To uh, the Bonaparte Dynasty Um, one that I'd heard of before and one that we've talked about before Robert Browning probably let me just have a look over my list probably the most famous person overall I mean there's some people that have dubious uh, celebrity but probably the most
0: famous person. no no you'll probably name someone more famous in a minute I'm going to name Leslie Grantham Who's arguably... Killer cab driver or something. <laughs> yeah, well, that's
1: not what he's famous for, <laughs> <on>,
0: is it? <laughs> no, EastEnders, yeah, Dirty Dick, is it? Or Dirty Dan? <laughs> you think you're Dicky dirty... Dirt, it's the... What is it? Dirty Dan. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what? In your head, you confuse Dirty Dan and Dicky Dirt, the Camarole-based... Uh, no, I just, uh... I just don't follow EastEnders very closely. <laughs> um, yeah, Robert Brown in... Um, Born in Rainbow Cottage, just off of uh, Southampton Way, which I imagine... Is where we get Rainbow Street from.
0: Can I mention, Steve, that uh, illustrator Stephen Appleby lives on Rainbow Street? Yeah, you can, because you know that from. Because uh, he lived friends. next door. <laughs> he lived literally yeah. next door. Yeah, <laughs> that guy next door, he did, uh, did some drawings on that Pixie's record cover. Oh, really? Huh? <laughs> um, Royal
1: Browning, obviously, most famous, famous as uh, a poet, but also has uh, another remarkable uh, claim to fame as well um, Elizabeth
0: Barrett's husband
1: there's that but also was one of the first people to have his voice recorded on edison wax cylinder
0: oh was he yeah which happened at a party he's testing testing that was him wasn't it
1: <laughs> well no he he did uh, a reading he was at uh, his friend's house Rudolf uh, rudolph Layman. um and uh, he did a, a reading of how they bought the good news from ghent to I, which is one of his poems uh I haven't heard the recording, but apparently, partway through, he forgets how the phone goes and he apologises to everyone. But within a year. How much tape have you got on this? Cause... <laughs> can, can we cut that down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have we invented post production yet? <laughs> um, have you got your Dolby on? Who? <laughs> um, within a year, Browning's dead, and at a memorial service for him, the wax cylinders played, and it's apparently been described as the first person, the first time a person's voice was heard from beyond the oh, grave. wow, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and it would have been because, yeah. you know... I was just I was talking to Lakeisha about this, and she kind of talked me out of something I've always thought. But I, I've always kind of... You know, with photography, it's kind of conceivable, if you think about the process... The fact that photographs exist, obviously, if you were alive before photographs existed, it's very difficult to comprehend. But do you know what I mean? It's imaginable. Yeah. But recording sound, to me, has just always seemed like the most, like, unimaginable. Like, you know what I mean? uh,
1: In the same uh, section, can we put (laughs) glass? What I'm going to do is get (laughs) sand. And just <laughs> pound it yeah. and put it under such pressure they will eventually become a new material yeah. that will be really useful. See-through. see And hard.
0: Just like... Get please. out of my office. <laughs> yeah, extraordinary, yeah. isn't it? Just, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of easily baffled by these things. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I is... can't... Even even things like...
1: No, and neither of us are so unimaginative, unintelligent people. No. But I think you just have to be big enough sometimes to go... Uh, I just never, never let me just,
0: just talked me into the idea that, basically, I think it was the idea that uh, the original sound recorders, it was like your vocal patterns were like making a physical impression. right? And then yeah, that yeah. Was, and I was like, oh, I suppose. Even but then, still, like, you know what, with a photograph, because there were kind of rudimentary photography techniques used for hundreds of years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where they left you had the, the camera obscura. Yeah, 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 exactly. You kind of get the, you can... You can Oh, there's some kind of permanence here, but playing back a sound, yeah, extraordinary. And now you can listen s- to you can store, yeah, exactly. Now you can store it, move it around, mm-hmm. you know. download it from iTunes, share it on Twitter, Amazon link, guys. We're just it's just, it's just gone there uh, too far now. Um, I'm
1: gonna say a name now but I'm guessing it will mean nothing to you. Uh, Colin Buxy was born in Camberwell in 1946. Colin Buxy nepaniel bennett park no um, he's a director done a couple of films but more I'm famous for his TV me. work yeah. uh, Miami Vice Sliders Nash Bridges it... the 4400s and four episodes of uh, a show called Breaking Bad really Breaking, four episodes what? of Breaking Bad have been directed by a man from Camberwell oh man that's what incredible. a find yeah I was, well I, I was so pleased and then you click and you go Good. Well, there's no bad episodes of Breaking Bad, no, but uh,
0: but you've listed you listed some quite mediocre. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I deliberately put in obviously Miami Vice, Sliders, Nash and oh, right. oh, I'll be looking them and oh, check them out on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's like bits where you go, wow, that scene. I'm loath to mention it on the show. I'm sure yeah. you can if you need to, but you know the bit where um Mike locks Walt in the room and he has to make a basically. What you mean like
0: as in like two episodes ago? Right, like it's like three or four, the last seat, the final seat the, the latest season. Yeah. Oh, right.
1: Yeah, and he's in the office and he sort of has to um, melt the, that scene was directed by a man
0: from Campbell. Wow, that's, that's amazing.
1: Brilliant, is um, More famous, but probably more boring, because I don't know how we're going to top a man from Canberra directing some episode of uh, Breaking Bad, but Joseph Chamberlain, um, father to Neville Chamberlain, mayor of Birmingham. Uh, a man who managed to split two major political parties and destroy uh, both of their uh, electoral chances. Uh, Which huge political one? Never one. Jo- Joseph, Joseph Chamberlain. Joseph Chamberlain. Um, I think described by Churchill as the most important man never to become Prime Minister. The most prominent sort of figure in British politics mm-hmm. who never actually achieved the highest office. And what did he do? Most famously became Mayor of Birmingham. And initiated this... No, but
0: in terms of of splitting two political parties?
1: Um, He would basically... uh, He was a a member of the Liberal Party and the Unionist Party and at key points would just put forward a contentious proposal that would, uh, yeah, split uh, people along the sides and just make sure there's no clear message going into an election. Mm -hmm. Because uh, he was a man of principle. He's uh, a remarkable politician. But his achievements in Birmingham in terms of transforming uh, the conditions in the city, in terms of health and education, were remarkable libraries and hospitals. And it's a real... Two football clubs. (laughs) It's a real sort of inspirational story of what politics and politicians can be and do. Yeah, Yeah, should be and do. And uh, just shows if you can put a a side, you know, to one side ideas of career and uh, cash, you could do tremendous things. And they don't, they just sort of... Mm -hmm. Hike themselves out to try and get spots on the boards of Just big companies. Skimming, isn't they? Yeah, been more fun, Pat Coombs. I don't know if you're going to know the name Pat Coombs. Um, for me, like,
0: sounds like an oldie name. It
1: is. Too. Well, the thing is, Pat Coombs. Pat Coombs. Yeah, born in 1926. Um, made her name appearing in Hancock's Half Hour and the Dick Emery Show. L- went on to turn up in Up Pompeii to Deathless Do Party in Sitting in Health. But then later on, turns up in EastEnders. Does a bit of as... birds and a feather. She's in uh, EastEnders for a year, quite early on, as um, a local guide leader, and they bring her in for comic relief because the show is seen as so unremittingly bleak and despairing. <laughs> uh, but she's quickly ran out because they want to go back to being unremitting. I'd imagine if you see a photograph, her, you might recognise her, and it was a, a name oh, yeah. and a face that I certainly recognised, and you know was was pleased to find that she was from Cambria. <laughs> Less so with Tilly Devine. Buzzes you. Yes, uh, and, uh, and more. We, we talked about Mary Wade on our Blue Planks episodes, who yeah. was a child who stole some clothes and was then not killed because uh, fortunately last time night she not killed, uh, yeah. but was sent to Australia on a convict ship and went on to produce uh, a large number of children who has gone on to become a very important person in terms of the history of Australia, uh, in terms of who has who is descended from her. Tilly Devine is a similar story, but in reverse. Um, she's born in Camberwell. She. Camberwell, Melbourne. Camberwell, London. Right. Yeah. Um, born in Camberwell, um, marries, um, a criminal, you know, falls into a, a vague life of crime in London, very much petty crime, prostitution, nothing major. Um, Goes out to Australia on a brideship. So, 11-year-old Mary Wade is sent out on a convict ship. What's a this, brideship? Um, it was a special transport for the brides of people who uh, were English people that are working overseas. Right. To allow people to emigrate and found new worlds. Um, but yeah, so Tina Divine gets, you know, still probably would have be been a horrific passage, but not on a convict ship. Not like the 10-year-old mm-hmm. girl that stole some clothes. Um, goes out to America, settles uh in uh queensland and uh it's queensland, Melbourne. but she uh, settles in australia and becomes essentially uh a crime lord uh <laughs> just controlling narcotics prostitution hmm. um there's a bit in the wikipedia entry where they talk about her house in australia it's like uh it was the scene of a number of murders she was just like a horrific When's character. Uh, she was born... Oh, she was born, 26, so yeah, born like in 26. Yeah, born in the
0: 50s or so. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: she has uh, essentially uh, a gang war with uh, another uh, crime boss called Kate Lee. These two women just feuding and murdering uh, associates across the... She becomes a millionaire many times over. So it's this remarkable story of uh,
0: mm.
1: born um, a ne'er-do-well uh, manages to get safe passage to Australia and then uh, goes on this criminal rampage. As opposed, well. yeah, as opposed to a child. Yeah, as opposed to a child he sent anything. over and yeah. sort of goes, let's get go some kids, be nice, set up Australia. Uh, Leslie Grantham, who, as you say, uh, killed a cab driver while uh, in the British Army in.
0: Uh, oh, really? I don't even know the details
1: of it. Yeah, he was, uh, he was in the British Army, he was in Germany. Um, and kills the taxi driver Whilst trying to rob the taxi driver There's a struggle over a gun um, While in prison uh, Does some amateur dramatics Gets into acting Comes out EastEnders um, Later on does a lot of his good work With some inappropriate action Backstage at a pantomime Do you know about this? No Look it up I'm not going <laughs> to We don't want to be putting explicit tags <laughs> on, uh, on the show No, not that week. Um, another actor Richard Hayden Most famous as the voice of the Caterpillar in the Walt Disney, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Quite a sort of famous uh, vocal role. But also appears in Mutiny on the Bounty, The Sound of Music, and Young Frankenstein. Which is uh, a decent film I grew up in. it? yeah, not bad. Um, Nosha Powell, born in Camberwell, of yeah. course. Um, Robert... Uh, Vaughn pulled us up for not mentioning him on the boxing
0: episode and then he died that night yeah it That's was very strange yeah, isn't it? i very never right. heard of him I like oh this is interesting I wonder if yeah. he's oh he's literally died today made his name first off
1: as an unlicensed boxer um, went on to become uh, a sparring partner for a number of prominent professional boxers including Muhammad Ali um, operates at Minder for various celebrities including Sammy Davis he's in um,
0: a fifth full of dollars or something isn't he
1: do, and, yeah,
0: does stump work uh for
1: tons I mean his IMDB uh entries is up there with anyone's. Um there's also a wonderful little factoid where Nosha Powell or one of his sons or daughters or brothers or cousins has done stump work on every James Bond film ever. There's always been a Powell involved, cool. yeah. That's not bad, is it? Yeah. You know, he did a few himself. Was a stunt double for uh, Roger Moore and uh, Sean Connery on a few films. But yeah, his fam between them, his family have like turned up in at least uh, oh. at least once in every James Bond film. And um, Claude Rains was born in Campbell, played the Invisible Man and the Wolf Man in uh, oh, quite yeah, high-profile yeah, yeah, yeah. films. Uh, turns up in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington*, *Lawrence of Arabia*, and plays uh, the Inspector in *Casablanca*. So, right. uh, you know. Oh, Cla- of course, Claude Rains. Rains. right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is the beginning of a uh, beautiful friendship.
1: Yeah. You know, not bad, is it?
0: Yeah. He's looking at you, kid.
1: Along with uh, your man who died, Breaking ample. Bad. Uh, this might have be been my favourite find. Uh, if I give you his name, you can try and guess his professional name Martin Ruan, born in 1946. Martin Ruan? R U A
0: N E. Giant Haystacks. Oh, wow, right. Giant Haystacks. Wow, one of the top two most famous British wrestlers of all time. Yeah. And arguably
1: the most successful, certainly of that generation, because Big Daddy was arguably the bigger household name. But uh, Giant Haystacks wrestled in Canada and America. You know, Giant Haystacks went to WCW to feud with Hulk Hogan but uh, developed cancer and had to move back to England, but was being set up for a run against Hogan in the 90s, Mm. which would have been uh, a remarkable thing to do. You know, there's been more successful uh, British wrestlers in America. British Bulldog. Probably the most successful. But, um, yeah, Giant Haystack. Again, as a kid, he'd like to turn up in Buster Comics. And it never, occur- it never would have occurred to me. Be, uh, and it was interesting. Like, when I heard this, I, I went to look at some of his bouts because the tradition in British wrestling at that time was, to, well, and in American wrestling as well indeed, to say where they were uh, uh, operating out of. And uh, he moved, Borning but moved to Salford. So uh, it was always listed as fighting out of Salford. Where, was he have an accent? He did, and it was, yeah, quite northern. When you, when you hear him but, um, was British wrestling scripted yes yeah it was a work spoilers <laughs> uh, <I'll> anyone <hang> <laughs> out there that. Um that yeah operated uh, in Stu Hart who's the father of Bret the Hintman Hart and Owen Hart uh, he ran uh, a Canadian operation called Stampede Wrestling which was hugely popular and successful and John Haystacks wrestled there as uh, the Loch Ness Monster no. which is uh, family from uh, County of Mayo in Ireland originally yeah. so yeah I'm just like, thinking uh, Link, isn't it? it's like a slightly bigger version of me <laughs> uh, standing at 6 foot 11 and uh, 48 stone what? 48 stone is heaviest Gosh. I mean you've got 6 foot 11 to spread that across yeah but that's still you know a big unit massive
0: his um, yeah, finishing move ice was ice.
1: the standing splash. That'll do it. <laughs> Just stand there and fall on someone. Yeah. I'm 48 stone. You know. And it's the thing. Yeah, resting's uh, a work. But how can you fake a 48 stone man falling on you? You've got to be... He's have an old drop from that guy and make sure he's getting it right. <laughs> Wouldn't wrestle on Sundays. Very yeah. devout Christian. Who knows what he could have achieved if he was only going <laughs> there the day. Um, final one. But it's a good one. Jack Witcher, which is not a household name, but quite a famous person. Suspicions of Mister. Suspicions of Mister. Witcher. Yeah, one of the founding members of the detective branch at Scotland Yard. So one of London's first detective uh,
0: was from. Cadwell. Is it played by Paddy Considine? It paid, it by
1: Considine uh, yes, it, paid by Paddy Considine. Yes, paid by. Played by. Uh, I watched it. Just because I was... It no wasn't good, though. It wasn't great. It's exactly... yeah? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's TV. But it's a decent cast. Like, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you get Peter, Paddy Peter it Capaldi's a good, in it
0: as well. Is he?
1: Yeah, and like I was like, oh, maybe it's good. But it's just very obvious. But uh, I still watch it just because I was like, uh, it's Paddy Constantine playing someone from Campbell.
0: This is great. We haven't talked about Campbell Grove, Steve. We haven't, actually, No, no. There was the show recently on the BBC Secret History of Our Streets. Yep. And I've eventually watched the Campbell episode. I downloaded it. It's on the Torrent sites, if you want to see it. We've paid for it through our BBC taxes already, so download it illegally. <laughs> it was good, wasn't it? Very good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I don't... It, it's, it is the story of that street, really. And I don't... It don't... I don't know, I might be wrong here, but it doesn't... It's not really the history of the area for me. Like, no, no, there's it, no, to be fair it's not, not a it no, sorry it doesn't pretend to be yeah yeah but you know it talks about um, gentrification yeah and uh, y- but you're right particularly gentrification but it's also a, a great example
1: of that street the history of that street is so distinct from the rest of the yeah it, and, which is what I mean yeah. and it, it's also when you say we haven't spoken about Campbell Grove I've got very little say on Canberra Grove I had nothing yeah. to do with it I had no. no reason to walk along there I didn't know I lived there um, I knew of it uh, it was like um, Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh lived there that was like yeah. you see. So you sort of knew there was a I street once over there where well like famous Goodview,
0: people would live. Uh, a leaflet, and I imagine that's where he was heading. <laughs> Te- Bob Mortimer, Terry Jones. I presume they're around that way, were they? It, yeah, it would be. Yeah, no. it's where if you're going It was a very. I mean, it was a. Good, it was a really good uh, show, but you know, as as we're saying, it, it's not. It's, it's a fascinating story,
1: but it's not one that I recognise from growing up in the area. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be putting up a across the week various clips of you know Pat Coombs Giant Haystacks nosher Power. I'll try and find uh, the clip of Robert Browning uh, yeah, on one of our yeah. earliest ever recordings but yeah there'll be um, supplementary material you no longer have to suffer through my selection of various things happening that are free or very cheap oh,
0: that was very popular Steve <laughs> yeah com. Twitter is SLHC, as is Instagram, facebook.com slash Safran Hardcore. Feels good to be back, Steve.
1: Nice, mate.